Yeah, so it's it's a small labrum tear. Um, so we're going to treat it conservatively for a couple weeks um, and see how it responds to it. And then at that point, uh, you know, make a decision which surgery could be in play, which would obviously compromise his season. Um, there is some optimism, though, that um, he would respond to the to the kind of rehab protocol, I guess you'd say. Because um, when he did it, he did it diving back into the bag the other day. He stayed in the game, was able to, you know, do all his throws in between innings. Um, he he's his physical test with the doctor is actually really good. Um, so there is some optimism that um, if treated conservatively, he can respond and, and come back and play. So, but we'll we'll know that in a couple weeks. You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. I'm Steve Anglowich, and this week I'm back with Sam Marsdale. Sam, opening weekend is done. Baseball is back. And we aren't too excited, man. What's going on? <laughs> well, Steve, the Yankees have, I don't know, 19 guys on the injured list. At least that's what it seems like. And I am also on the injured list with some poisoning, as you see my face right now. I was broadcasting the Rutgers baseball games on the radio on Saturday. It was a doubleheader, and we're normally under a tent. But we were out in the open this week. I had no sunscreen, so I knew I was taking a big fat L right when I got to the field and got <laughs> to my booth. And that is my own version of the IL right now. I have what were blisters all over my face. Now it looks like I just face planted. Anyway, not only are, like I said, 19 Yankees on the IL, I am also on the IL. I am 22 today, and I woke up to the news of Giancarlo Stanton being on the injured list now. And then just fast forward a couple hours later, Miguel Andujar, and then a couple hours later that he has a partial tear and season-ending surgery is possible, all on top of losing two of three to the fucking Baltimore Orioles. Happy birthday to Sam. What a, what a, what a gift you got. <laughs> Uh, that t- in all serious, happy birthday! Welcome to the the, the getting older club of the Deuce Deuce. Um, it, yeah, it, it looks like you had a, a battle with the sun, and the sun absolutely kicked the shit out of you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so heal up, rest up, um, and let, let's talk some baseball here before we get into injuries. Let's get into this this opening weekend versus quite possibly the hardest team the Yankees will have to play all season. The, the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> they, much like last year, have had trouble with the Orioles again. They opening day, they come out, they do work. Luke Voigt, first inning, goes deep. Uh, gives the Yankees a 3 nothing lead and the crews, and it looks like um, the, the, the season is on. Everything's going great. They follow it up on the next two days, on Saturday and Sunday, with just absolute duds versus the Orioles here. And it looks like the sky is absolutely falling and the Yankees cannot figure out what to do um, versus the Orioles. Tanaka looks very good. 
and that showed in the win. I thought Paxton looked awesome. Uh, I thought he could have went deeper into the game here. Um, but the biggest takeaway here for me of the opening se- uh, series versus Orioles was the lack of hitting and runners in scoring position, a big problem that we had last year. And uh, Jay Happ getting, uh, giving up some home runs here, which is a concern in spring training. So those are the two biggest concerns for the opening series, I think, for the Yankees uh, facing the Orioles. They were. And Jay Happ, again, the home runs in spring training were a problem. The runners in scoring position, again, were a problem. Jay Happ, though, that's oh, that's we're gonna get to this a little later too, but that's a little bit concerning to me because those struggles in spring training look like they are carrying over to the regular season, and if he has a couple more outings where he's giving up these home runs, it's hard to not worry about it, and really just sleepwalking for those final two games against the Orioles. And they didn't wake up until the eighth inning on Saturday. They got down 4 nothing on Sunday. I mean, it's hard to win baseball games like this. And the Orioles, the Yankees went 23-14 and against last place teams last year. The Red Sox went 32-5. and The Yankees lost 2 of 3 to the Orioles, whose over-under in Vegas was 57.5. And, and nonetheless, these games were in the Bronx. I know it's early, but I mean, come on. It's this can't happen. It can't happen. It, it, it is. And then the, the running in scoring position, they finished six for 29 versus Oriole pitching, which sometimes looks like a pitching machine. They went Sunday, they went two for 12 at running in scoring position and left 14 runners stranded alone on Sunday. Like you said, the, the bats kind of woke up a little bit towards the end of the game here, but way too many error, you know. Mistakes uh, with with the with the lineup and kind of with the, with the the hitting that just you can't leave this many on base. You know, stranding thirty three over the first three games when you have a lineup the Yankees have is just uncalled for, and and that's the um, the Yankees are gonna have to work on that with, with a much weaker lineup now for the next few weeks or months even. So that that's the, the early concern there. Um, it is I always like to not try to overreact to the first three games, um, but it, but it, it it seems like there was a uh, there there. I want to just try not to overreact. Like the the Yankees just needed to come out and just win, and then Sunday was with the way they do it. And then towards the end of the game, it looked like they were coming back, and the Yankees it looked like you know could have came back, been two went two and one versus the Orioles, and called it uh, a solid series. They, they didn't figure that out. They blew it, and they after the Sanchez home run, they were only down one, and then the the bullpen kind of gave up another few runs here. So I'm gonna lead this into Sam's rant of the week here. Which I think you got um, some uh, some bones to pick with with Aaron Boone. Absolutely horrendous, Steve. Five four game in the top of the eighth inning. Stephen Tarpley is in. There's two outs. There's a runner on second, and Joey Rickard is up at the plate. And the only reason Joey Rickard is still on an MLB roster is because he can hit left-handed pitching. In three years, from 2016 to 2018, 284 against lefties, 231 against righties. And what does he do when Boone leaves him in? Hits a two-run homer to the short porch off of Tarpley. And he Boone said, oh, it's early. We got to rest people. Well, you're down 5-4 in the eighth inning with a chance to win a series against a shitty team. You shouldn't even be in this position in the first place. And they bring in Canely in the ninth. I mean, Canely couldn't have come in and faced Rickard in the eighth. 
I mean, come on now. What are you doing leaving Tarpley in there? Rickard is 284 in his career against lefties, and he takes Tarpley deep, a 7-4 game, a one-run game to a three-run game. The Yankees scored one in the ninth, which probably, I don't know if the Orioles would have played it different, but maybe would have tied the game at 5-5. This is just inexcusable why Tarpley was left in there. There, there's no reasoning for it. Absolutely none at all. I don't like criticizing the managers. I don't like criticizing Aaron Boone. But this is a decision that was very, very boneheaded. Well, well said. And that was Sam's Rant of the Week, sponsored by anyone who has sunscreen. Because that's what Sam needed most this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's true. But, I mean, this is... It. I think, like you said, it's very early to start criticizing manager in a 162-game season about kind of the bullpen use here. But if the Yankees do have such a deep bullpen, there are other options there. They, Yes, they had, obviously, a game on Monday, but they, there could have been a, a better option, I think, than Tarpley. Um, it would have been a nice if he got through the inning and, it, you know, for him to have his first inning be a nice clean inning, but that wasn't the case here. And now this kind of puts a tarnish on the first, you know, uh, first appearance for him and for the fans to think that anytime he comes to the game, then he might blow it now. And it really brought out the, the boo birds for Aaron Boone uh, on Twitter. Cause people were furious about multiple things he did this weekend about the lineup, about how some of the people were swinging and then adding this on top of it. Sunday was kind of the, uh, the worst case scenario for the Yankees uh, for opening weekend. You know, I mean, I guess it's great that we didn't get swept by the Orioles, but losing two out of three was, was not how it is. And then from kind of from there, we thought that we could just pick up Monday and forget about it. It's game four. Let's just figure it out. And the hits just kept on coming today. It was it was unbelievable. All of a sudden, uh, boom. John Carlos Stanton going on the, the IR, the, the DL. The, 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 we call it the Yankees roster at this point. He's going to be out <laughs> with a with a, a, a bicep injury that happened to him on Sunday. He was able to finish the game here. But... He's going to be gone for a few weeks. And then the bigger blow, which it looks like it's going to be now, is Miguel Andujar, after diving back into third base on, on Sunday, has a small tear in his labrum, which could possibly require season-ending surgery. Let's let's take the, the hits smaller, then, then go bigger. Stan played a ton last year, and he played a ton hurt. Um, he, he was kind of upset when they asked about it. Um, this injury, he's like, I wish this happened earlier. It doesn't seem very serious, but he needs a couple days off. Might as well put him on, get him two weeks rest, and go from there. This could have been worse. I mean, Miguel Cabrera tore his biceps swinging the ball last year, and that ended his season. This seems like it could just be a couple days rest and back for Stanton, but another big hole that the Yankees have in their lineup. And with Aaron Hicks still out, a big hole they have now in uh, the outfield. And they're more, Steve, have you seen these morons on Twitter acting like this Stanton injury could be good for the Yankees? Or is that I, just me? I just choose to ignore people can be that dumb and watch baseball. This <laughs> guy had 38 home runs, had 100 RBIs last year, and like you said, with his hamstring injury last year, he couldn't, he was very, very demobilized for about five weeks at a point, like right around the time that Aaron Judge got hurt as well. Yep. So these morons on Twitter, and then the CMB Twitter, the Carlin, Maggie, and Bard on WFAN, 37% at a point voted yes that the Stanton injury could be beneficial to the Yankees. Like, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Unbelievable. So, like you said, the Yankees are lucky this is not worse, but then they just catch an awful break with Miguel Andujar 
And right now, I am just prepared to lose Andujar for the remainder of the season, and that's going to mean DJ LeMahieu is going to be the full-time third baseman for the remainder of the season. So this is just a tough, tough break. Andujar went back kind of awkward. I was watching the game, and I said, that's something I'm going to keep an eye on after the game. Yeah, it was weird. This afternoon, it came out that he had a small tear, and it's just a huge... Huge blow for the Yankees. And this is already on top of missing Didi Gregorius until probably after the All-Star break. It's on top of Aaron Hicks, who has not done baseball activities in one month. It's on top of Luis Severino being out the ace of the staff. Dylan Batantis, who's been a staple in the bullpen for five years now. And this Stanton injury on top of Hicks not doing baseball activities for a month. On top of Gardner going one of 13 this weekend, yes, I know he did homer tonight. I'm not ranting about not signing Bryce Harper again, but they did not put $1 into left field after Gardner hit 209 in the second half last year. It's very, very confusing. I know Michael Brantley got two years, uh, $16 million average, but a guy who I'm thinking of right now, I was thinking of laying down in bed last night, Carlos Gonzalez got a $2 million minor league deal plus $1 million in incentives from the Cleveland Indians. I mean, when Hicks went down, a guy who's injury-prone as is, that didn't cost Brian Cashman's mind. And then they trade for Mike Talkman or Tuckman, however the frick you say his name. And you act like that's an acceptable option when a guy like Carlos Gonzalez, a guy who had an OPS at over 80 points, or just under 80 points last year, excuse me. I mean, him getting at-bats for the Yankees right now, him starting tonight, is problematic. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought up Cargo, because the other guy I was thinking about was not a center fielder. I mean, not a left fielder, but a center fielder was Adam Jones. I mean, he got $3 million, but he he, he just signed recently, you know, with the, um, the Diamondbacks. And that was, you know, so there are veterans out there that may have been looking to take a deal similar to the one that the Yankees gave Gio, where you just kind of go down in spring training and, and try and see what, where you're at, and then you can kind of opt out earlier. It, um, I think the Aaron Hicks injury for the Yankees, as has been the case for Hicks with his little nagging injuries, is they assume it's nothing and he'll be back in a few days, and you realize it could be a few months because, like you said, he's just starting to do baseball activities. It's going to be another few weeks here. Um, and the Yankees really didn't have a center field plan for for Hicks if he was gone long term we, we you know we Brett Gardner is Brett Gardner but he's not a full-time center fielder anymore he is his defense really the value is there in in left field and he doesn't have the arm for center anymore so the, the Yankees don't have a any kind of option for center field is the concerning part here especially when you start adding other injuries now and Brett has to be the everyday center fielder um, so it, that's that's where the stand injury really is going to hurt the the good news for if you want to take any good news out of this, is that we get to see Clint Frazier again. He was back on um, back on the bench uh, for the Monday game. He's likely going to be in the lineup today. And, he's, and Aaron Boone was very straightforward. He said if he's here, he's going to play a lot. So I think we're not going to see too much uh, of Tuckman in the lineup. He's going to maintain the uh, the fourth outfielder. But it kind of it changes the whole dynamic even before we get into Andujar of, of what the, the Yankees lineup is going to be. You know, Stanton was the penciled in as the everyday three hole guy. And now that you're moving up, you know, that's going to be Luke Voigt. You're going to have you know, Greg Bird up there. It would have been someone maybe like an Andujar jumps up in the lineup here. So it changes everything from the depth of the Yankees lineup 
to the, the defense that we have going up. Clint is not a great left fielder. As we said, for, uh, Gardner has, has lost a little bit of, of uh, his arm and his range in center field. So the Yankees at one point going into the season, if Hicks is healthy and Gardner is playing left, you ha- and Judge, as we saw with his great catch today, the, the Yankees' defense is a strength. And then you have Stan as your DH. Your, your the combination of outfield and DH is a major strength for the Yankees. Now it just kind of seems like the that is just Aaron Judge and whatever warm bodies we can put out there. So it it is um, not you can't plan for injuries, but the Yankees could have planned I think a little bit better, especially for their outfield. Um, you know they're obviously not going to count on someone like Jacoby Ellsbury, but if there was maybe a major league person like a cargo, like you said, to sign a minor league deal, why not do that? And if you cut them loose at the end of May because you're healthy, you cut them. It costs the Yankees nothing. So let's hope Stanton is is a few weeks here and he'll be back. Hopefully, maybe the same time as Hicks and give the lineup a big boost. Um, and then to the Andohar thing, I, I noticed it as well. Um, I, I was at a, a, a sports bar watching the Duke game and they had it on the a small TV and they kept showing the replay there. And I was like, this seems like a little much to keep showing this replay. I thought it was possibly because they were going to review it because I didn't have the sound on that maybe he like stepped, he got off the bag and was going to be called out. But as they kept showing it, it kind of seemed like you're right. He definitely jammed his shoulder and a torn labrum is nothing. I don't care how small the tear is. That's you know, Greg Bird did that in 2015 or heading into 2016. It cost him a whole season and it could have the same effect here. Um, and unfortunately, we've already seen the Manny Machado tweets coming out about this is why you sign Manny. Like, this is not why you sign Manny Machado. You don't sign Manny Machado in case your 24-year-old third baseman of the future happens to tear his labrum. So cut the shit out with there. But another big, big hole for the, the Yankees here. It makes the DJ LeMay who's signing look phenomenally better. He's made a couple nice plays at third base. He looks like, even though he hasn't played there for a couple years, that his glove will translate pretty well. So, to think positively, the Yankees are going to get a boost in the the defense department, I guess, without Andujar. But, yeah, I really don't want to think about losing him for a full season, but I'm kind of with you here that this this screams mid, mid-May mid or early June, kind of like a Jordan Montgomery last year where he's going to keep rehabbing, but then all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we're going to shut him down and plan for next year, which would be a, a massive disappointment for everybody involved. It really would be, but the Yankees have to do what's best long-term for Andujar and the whole Manny Machado should assign Manny. I mean, who could have predicted this happening back in February? It, it's just very, very unfortunate, and I wonder where the Yankees are going to go from here. They called up Tyler Wade. Like I said, DJ LeMayhew probably going to be the everyday third baseman going forward, but I'm thinking about what if more injuries keep happening, and I'm thinking of Troy Tulowitzki and all the injuries that he's had. I mean, what if Tulowitzki goes down, Torres moves over to short, and then Wade slides to second? I mean, I'm just spitballing right here, but the Yankees' depth is really, really taking a hit. They really didn't envision LeMahieu being an everyday position player. I know he was probably going to play four or five times a week, but I mean – this, they are in a very, very tough situation right now. And if one of these bad teams in baseball continues, if they start 10 and 30 or something like that, I wonder if the Yankees make a Memorial Day trade of some sorts because their depth is very, very low right now. Yeah, it's true. And going into the season is kind of 
that was the greatest strength of the Yankees. I mean, it was, you know, we didn't go after Bryce Harper because we had six outfielders or whatever the hell it was. And we have, you know, DJ LeMayu, a gold glove second baseman who's a bench guy. So, but that, that it took three and a half games, three games, and it's gone. That, that, that depth is completely gone. But it, it does go to show how strong the Yankees, I mean, look at the Yankees lineup today. The Yankees, I mean, they only won three to one. We haven't even got got to mention that they beat the Tigers three to one uh, on Monday. But they, their lineup is still ridiculously deep compared to most MLB teams, especially if you take out their three and five hitter, which is like you know what Stan and Andy are pretty much were. So it, the Yankees, you know, all hope is not lost. To look more on the positive side of things, but to to your point here, this is something that you can never plan for, and it opens the door for for another injury, like you said. I mean. Having DD, you know, that's an all-star break type injury there. But, you know, this is, could be something where we need Tulowitzki. If he can still – can he move over to second if, if needed for a little bit once DD's back? Can he play third? He's got a decent glove. Can he play third if we need to if there's other injuries? So it kind of is now where we were definitely not relying on Tulowitzki needing to be healthy all year round. It was like just kind of hold down the fort till DD gets back. If you lose Andujar for a full year, you're now banking on Tulo to be healthy all year and – maybe play new positions. So that's a whole different ball game here, something that no one signed up for when we were looking at Tulowitzki. So it's it's interesting. Um, but I did kind of, it's kind of crazy because I looked back and Brandon Drury got hurt on April uh, April 6th last year. And that led for Andujar to jump up here and take, take that spot. Um, and that's something that Clint Frazier kind of mentioned in his interview on Yes Today was, you know, injuries suck, but this could lead to a, a big opportunity. He was speaking about himself, of course, but this could be for him. Could be for Tyler Wade. Could be for, you know, uh, Terrio Estrada, who's a second baseman or a shortstop down for the Yankees, who um, ha- has shown he's got some ability there, but probably a, a year away. But that's what we thought of Andrew Hart last, at last year's point this time. So this could open the door for someone to kind of come up and take a job and be a nice surprise for the Yankees. I hope that person is Clint Frazier, but this could be something where Tyler Wade, you know, we we talked about Tyler Wade on the, uh, the you know the right before the season about him getting cut. Um, this is a huge opportunity for Tyler Wade. Tulowitzki, like I said, is not going to play every day, and, and Wade can play all around the field. He's going to get some you know he's kind of goes into that Lemayu um, role now where he could play two to three times, maybe more a week. So this is uh, I guess with the soft schedule coming up for the Yankees still. That this could be um, an opportunity for guys to kind of take the reins here, and I, I would like to see that for a Tyler Wade, and even more, especially just for for Clint Frazier. And uh, let's see what happens when we do get healthy. That depth could be even stronger come October. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a small silver lining with the injuries. Trying to be I'm positive, gonna... Sam. Trying to be positive. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously somewhat excited to see what. Clint Frazier could do. I'm obviously upset it's coming at the expense of losing Giancarlo Stanton to the injured list. But Frazier struggled in spring training, and every time Frazier backs up near the wall, I'm going to – my heart's going to sink. I mean, what's going to happen if this guy has one more concussion? So I wonder how he's going to contribute. I really love watching him at the plate and his quick hands, how he turns on that ball so quickly, thinking of the – Walk-off home run he hit back in July of 2017 off of Corey Knable when the Brewers came to the Bronx. Yep. And how he just got in so quick on that 97 or 98-mile-an-hour fastball. I think he could do that to a lot of major league pitchers. And then you look at Tyler Wade, a guy who was very upset about being sent down. He was very, very vocal. He did not shy away from words at all. 
and he's going to be getting an opportunity again. He really hasn't shown that he can be a consistent hitter at the big league level. We always rave about his base running, how he gets around the bases quickly. His turns yep, are very good. Quick. And how his defense has been pretty good as well. He can play multiple positions, second, short, third. But he really hasn't shown he can contribute to this team at the plate and he's going to get that opportunity right now. And it's unfortunate it comes at the hands of two injuries, but two guys who have been pretty interesting cases coming up so far in the year, or excuse me, coming up through the Yankee system are going to get a chance and we'll see if they make the most of it. It's, it's going to be really interesting to watch again. It's very upset. It's upsetting that it's coming at the hands of two of their key guys getting injured. But this is what injuries do. Brandon Drury last year opened the door for Andujar, and he had a rookie of the year type season, and that's what injuries do. And then Drury shipped out to Toronto. So I'm not saying Andujar or Stanton are going to be yeah. traded for that matter, but – I, I did have someone. I did have someone tweet at me saying that they should trade Andujar at this point now because we have Lemayu ready to take over third. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ!" Some of these fans are unbelievable, but it's definitely something that we're going to be monitoring. Like Boone said, Frazier is going to be playing a lot. I can't imagine Tuckman in many times over him, and Clint Frazier. He was very, very disappointed that he was still recovering from the concussion at the time the Yankees had major outfield issues last year when Aaron Judge went down and Shane Robinson was getting playing time. It had to really, really stink for Clint Frazier that he was also hurt as well. But this is his time to shine. This is his chance. Yeah, let's see what what he does with it. The only other thing for the lineup this does, it opens up the DH spot. You know, Stanton was going to be there um, a lot, but then it also was going to be Andy Hoare, I think, a lot too, to get LeMayu in the lineup. So now with, you know, Stanton, with the two guys that we were counting on kind of to be the DH guys, that, that lineup spot is open, and it's going to leave it open pretty much, I think, for Luke Voigt here. Um, you know, the whole battle all spring training was who's going to be left out of the first base battle, and here we are four games in, and Greg Bird and Luke Voigt are going to be everyday people in the lineup, both of them. I think Bird's a little better in the defense, so he's going to be playing mostly in the field and then get Luke Voigt um, at DH, which gives us you know, a solid month at least, I think, to evaluate both these first basemen, which which is a nice, I guess, I don't want to say bonus, but something the Yankees can, can look into for the, the future of the, the rest of the season here. Um, you know, Four games in, um, Luke Voigt's batting 231 and Greg Bird's batting 182. Not you know four games in, batting average really don't matter at all. Both went yard on opening day. Luke Voigt absolutely crushed that ball, and we'll get into him when we talk about the home run tracker a little bit. Um, but it, oddly, this adds some balance to the lineup. We're going to see, you know, Greg Bird's going to be in there every day with that lefty, that lefty bat here, and DJ LeMayo, even though he is a righty, does go the other way a ton, as he he showed um, a few times in the past you know, three games that he's played. Um, and he's got he's batting 500 in, in his you know what he's four for eight I think in his official at bats. So the, the, the Yankees lineup is still going to be balanced here, um, and then the, the bench is going to be a lot shorter. I think an option here we've seen we've seen Gary Sanchez struggle behind the plate as, as per usual the first week here, especially with his throwing arm, which is a completely different story 
from what we're used to for Sanchez. But this could open Gary getting some time at DH and Austin Romine getting some more playing time behind the plate. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting of how this opens up the DH role. Like you said, tonight they went with the Bird Boyt platoon at first base in DH, which I think is going to be the case often. But then you also have to work Austin Romine in quite a bit, and that's something that that I think they're going to do. Sanchez could be the DH to the delight of a lot of people who were upset with his throwing errors this weekend, but I just think it's a little bit of rust. He looks better blocking the ball, which I'm encouraged by. But like you said, this is something to keep an eye on. And now with the Yankees' depth being a question, uh, in question, I think they're going to go with the, the bird Voigt DH thing, uh, the DH platoon a lot of the time. And this is going to give the Yankees a lot more time to decide who is their first baseman of the future. Again, it's upsetting that it comes at the hands of a lot of injuries, but something to keep an eye on is definitely that I, I personally think that they're going to be going with the bird Voigt at one of them at first base, one of them at DH for the foreseeable future when they're very, very banged up. And again, the injuries are bad, but, that's, again, another small silver lining that they are going to get an extended look at both of these guys at the plate. And it gives other teams an extended look, too, if you're looking to possibly make some deals. I mean, it's way too early to even mention that. But if Greg Bird and Luke Voigt both show that they are legit MLB first baseman, it opens up that 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 possibility there, too. Um, so lots of, lots of different variations of the lineup I think we're going to see. Lots of different combinations in the outfield and in the infield now with all these injuries. So it's going to be the best part about being baseball is being healthy and just being able to put the same lineup card out there every day. And it's going to be put some more some more pressure on Boone here to create the right card or the the analytical team to create the right lineup card here, whoever you want to think is, is running the team. Um, but I'm going to move ahead to the pitching a little bit. We've got four games in, four starters. Three looked good. We already talked about uh, Hap looking terrible here. So, Sam, tell me out of Tanaka, Paxton, and Herman, and Diego Herman, which one were you most excited about or most pleased with their with their first uh, their first go through the rotation? Well, Tanaka and Paxton did Tanaka and Paxton things. They both went five and two thirds. Didn't get to that sixth inning, but they both pitched as well as I had hoped. A couple weeks ago, I thought. I saw Domingo Herman pitch against the Cardinals down at their spring training facility, and he proceeded to give up three home runs, two to Dexter Fowler. He looked absolutely horrendous. So Herman tonight, five innings of one run ball. That's probably couldn't most, ask for anything better. <laughs> that's probably the most impressive to me. I know Tanaka and Paxton looked really good, but Herman pitching that well was surprising to me very surprising and I was talking to a Cardinals fan at the game a couple weeks ago he was asking me oh how how is this kid for the Yankees I say he has the stuff to be very very good he just does not consistently have it but he had it tonight and I'm gonna go with Herman is the most impressive and the Yankees really needed him to step up and I think Lewiska is going to be getting a couple starts after the off days start to minimize so 
with the injuries to Tanaka, Sabathia, Jordan Montgomery still recovering from Tommy John surgery, they really needed Herman to step up, and he did tonight. Can he do it on a consistent basis? We will see, but I was very encouraged about what I saw tonight against the Tigers lineup, who has some hitters in it. Castellanos, uh, Mickey is back. Nico Goodrum, the last time the Tigers were here, it seemed like he hit five home runs against the Yankees. So this Tigers lineup, well, well, it's not the best in baseball. It's certainly not the worst. They have some hitters in it. And Herman looked really good against them. Yeah, de- definitely the, the most surprising was Herman. Um, he, he kind of he, he did both things that we, we expect him to do. He struck out a lot of people. Seven strikeouts in five innings, very impressive. But then he walked five. So it's that, that, that borderline of control and, and nasty stuff is, is always going to be his thing where, you know, like you said, next game, he could have very similar results where he throws, you know, strikes out seven, walks, you know, another four, but gives up two home runs and gives up five runs or something like that. So it was good to see he only gave up one hit. Some of his stuff looked nasty. That that, that breaking ball caught a few guys. It, Miggy even gave him like a little look like, damn, that, that was that was nasty. So that's, that's the, the best thing here. I didn't love. I forgot that he switched to number fifty-five, and I just seen him out there with with Sonny Gray's number brought some uh, kind of like some some flashbacks of, of bad news. Um, but he looked good out there, and that's the key. Is that definitely earned him another few starts, which I think he was going to get any anyway. But this kind of almost shut the door on the Yankees. They were considering using an opener today because he because of Herman's struggles in the first inning, and he did walk two in the first inning. But he was able to get out of it and had a very nice second inning. So I'm curious to see if this what this will do for the, their consideration for the opener. Um, regarding the other two, Tanaka is literally, like you said, he's Tanaka. Expected nothing nothing less from what he did today on an opening day. He's going to be starting Tuesday for the Yankees again. Um, very, very impressed with Paxton too. I've watched him pitch a few times over the, over the years here. But he works so quick on the mound. And he just is the complete opposite of Sonny Gray, for example. He just pounds the strike zone. He is one of the quicker pitchers, um, gets the ball, ready to go, and, and I really like that. I, th- I thought he could have went longer. He went five and two-thirds, uh, four hits, one earn, and five Ks. His pitch count was pretty low. I thought you could easily have just had him finish it off and get that sixth in it, that full sixth, but it's early in the year, so I'm not going to complain about that. The, um, he ended up getting, getting the loss in that game, um, which kind of is a, a you know talks about the winning losses for, for major league pitchers here, but... Overall, very impressed with what Paxton's doing, and, and I'm excited that he's going to be out there for the Yankees as long as he stays healthy, um, which was good to see big from Big Maple. Um, so that that besides the Herman thing, I, I was more more impressed with with just Paxton coming to the Yankees on the big stage and, and being exactly what we expected, which was real nice. And obviously, the most disappointing w- w- was Hap, four innings, four earned run, two home runs. Uh, the Yankees then came up, and, and Louis Sessa came in. Um, and he keep kind of he did, he did okay. Sessa did okay. Um, I thought he might be able to get a, a start for the Yankees in the future here, but it looks like they're gonna stick to him being the long man out the pen. Um, so the, the starting pitching is 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 a, uh, as advertised for the most part. If you're looking at spring training, the bullpen minus the Tarpley fiasco has been pretty solid. Adovino looks filthy. He really does, and he got two runners on. Did did he put two runners on tonight with nobody out? He did. He I walked two. He, he walked back to back. He walked back to back. I started sweating a little bit. I was at a restaurant bar with TVs, and but he got out of it. He got the next great catch out. by Aaron Judge, and it kind of changed yeah. his mentality and just started throwing absolute strikes. 
Yeah, was just mentioning, was just going to mention that catch from Judge. He looks very, very good. Britain looked good on Thursday. However, though, Araldus Chapman on opening day, and this is something that's definitely worthy of taking note of, his fastball was at 93 to 96. Yankees started apparently at spring training in the last week that his velocity was down. Some Yankees people are saying that they're hoping it gets back up when it when he's in safe situations, but this is something definitely worth monitoring. He had left knee troubles last year, and again, if his velocity isn't up, this is something that I am definitely concerned about, his fastball being down this much. Yeah, today, tonight, Monday night, it looked a little better. He was touching 97, and it was freezing in the Bronx here. So uh, Paul O'Neill and Michael K kind of both mentioned that they'll take that as a positive sign because he was steady around 97. Um, it, it just kind of seems like Chapman's a guy that kind of just chills in spring training. I mean, he's, he's the guy's a physical freak, so I'm not saying he's ridiculously lazy or anything like that, but he seems like someone that prefers to have the live game and doesn't, you know, kind of build from there. So like you said, opening day was, was a little lower than anticipated. Um, but but on Monday night he kind of jacked it up a little bit, so it's something we keep um, going to keep an eye on to see you know later this week if he can finally touch 100 miles an hour. Because I mean this is a guy that never threw like under 100 for a couple years, but um, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Um, Chad Green looked good today. I mean the bullpen is the bullpen; they are phenomenal. They're gonna have so many weapons out there. You have to only go five innings, five and a two-third innings, even with your your top guys in the rotation. And then you get to the pen, and you hope they they, they pull it off. It is really weird to see Adovino out there with the zero in the pinstripes, but him just throwing that wiffle ball. We, I mean, we we saw the highlights from Colorado. We saw the spring training stuff, but literally, it's like he's got a frisbee up there, which is um, which is all the Yankees have could have asked for. But seeing the zero is really strange uh, on the pinstripes. It really is, and I saw it on Thursday when he came into the game, and yeah, zero. I haven't seen – the only single digit I've seen in my lifetime, and I, I believe – yeah, the, the only single digit I've seen in my lifetime was Derek Jeter's. Yeah, mean, uh, Tory being, being six as the oh. manager. But, but you don't – you never – he always had a jacket on, so you never saw it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very, very – Weird to see, but yeah, he's got that wiffle ball. I love not only his slider, but he slides that backdoor two-seamer into lefties. It starts on the inner half of the plate and then goes all the way to the outer half of the black. So this guy was a great signing by Brian Cashman, and I'm really looking forward to see what he could do. And when Dylan Batantis is out, I think Adovino may not only start innings, but may come in for that fire extinguisher role that we've seen Batantis do so many times. I think we're going to see him in that role as well. If Boone maybe leaves a starter in and he walks a couple, I think Adovino may be his first yeah. guy out of the bullpen in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning to get out of a jam because his swing and miss stuff is just absolutely filthy. His slider, that two-seam fastball, Sometimes his controls off, but when he gets out of jams and strikes guys out, I can live with that once in a while. His his first pitch uh, tonight, I think, fooled the the ump. It was a little, little high, but like it was just a big sweeping frisbee coming in here, and it was called a ball. 
And from from my, I was watching on my laptop. I was like, that ball looks like it's couldn't be more of dead middle strike. So even like I feel like it, it confuses the could confuse the umps at times. Um, and to your point about him coming in as a fire extinguisher, I kind of love that because I feel like Patanz is just someone that sometimes needs to start an inning, or there's other people out there that that prefer to come in to start an inning where he just kind of comes in. I, I, he has it seems like he has the mentality where it doesn't matter what the the kind of the situation is. He'll come in here, and uh, I think Chad Green um, kind of played that role for a while as well. But to have someone like that, if he needs you to come in for the fourth inning or something, and not and that absolutely kill your pen, and have him go an inning and a third or something like that, will be will be ideal. Um, but Sam, these are let's, that's enough about the pitching. These are the Bronx Bombers. So let's talk a little bit about about the home runs. We have officially brought back the the home run tracker. I was a little late on opening day after the game because I was driving at the game, as the game was ending, and people were like, "Are you not going to do it this year? What's going on? I need the tracker." So I really appreciate all the fans asking for the home run tracker for the 2019 season. It is officially out there live. It's pinned on my Twitter at AngelSteve89, and four games in, we already got six home runs. The farthest home run so far the season has been good old Luke Voigt. 428 feet on opening day. An absolute blast to dead center. El Gary went yard back-to-back game, so he leads the team with two home runs. And for me, the biggest home run of the week is still going to be uh, be Luke Voigt. Just to kind of come out there, we, everybody was talking about the first base battle. Will he be a fluke? Won't he be a fluke? And then, boom, right off the bat, absolute dead center. And he had his little Sammy hop and everything. So that's uh, the home runs are back. Six and four, they're uh, looking to break it there. Um, what other home runs stuck out for you this week? It has to be Brett Gardner tonight because he really, really slumped to start the season, and that has to be huge for his confidence and so on and so forth. And then two from Gary. He looks very, very healthy, and that, that that's always great to see, especially when so many others on the Yankees are not healthy. But definitely – the one that really stood out to me besides the Voight home run and Voight really set the tone on opening day, a three run home run. Those win you games. The other one besides Voight that I said was Brett Gardner started one for 13, uh, one for 13 start to the season. And for him to get his confidence back with that home run tonight, I think is a very, very notable uh, long ball. Yeah, I think his home runs are going to be. I, I'd be so shocked if he hit that broke the ten home run mark this year. Um, it's been a while since he, you know, broke out with those twenty plus home runs a few seasons ago. The only other home run that I w- thought was big was uh, Tulowitzki. Um, good for just just from a personal for him. Got to feel great to get a his his first MLB home run since like June twenty seventeen. Long time coming. Got to experience the Yankee Stadium short porch when Oppo. So Tulo gets on the board early. I think it would have been kind of sticking on his mind a little bit if we were you know we're getting close to it all month or so in and Tulowitzki didn't have a bomb but it's it's the Bronx Bombers shockingly none from Stanton uh we're not gonna see him for a couple weeks none from Judge almost tonight uh, almost from Judge tonight uh, Michael K thought it was gone he gave he was doing his home run call a little, a little bit early and it was off the wall but I'm sure the home runs from Judge will will come um all around here but it's gonna be uh Fast start as always for the Yankees. They get that first sitting home run on opening day. Kind of seems like a tradition here. But be sure to follow the Yankee home run tracker. Hashtag NYYHR tracker all year long as the Yankees look to break their own MLB record of 100 and, uh, 267 home runs. All right, Sam. Let's kind of wrap it up here. Um, 
Coming up this week, two more versus Detroit, and then we go to Baltimore for their opening series, hopefully to return the favor of uh, disappointment for the home fans in Baltimore. Yeah, f- five games left this week before we'll, before we'll be on the podcast again. I'm, I'm looking for a 4-1 and one finish to the week. That will put the Yankees at 6-3 and three in their first nine games. I think that would be pretty solid, even though they're facing inferior competition. But they're very banged up right now. And a 6-3 and three after nine games, I think right now I would sign up for that immediately because the injuries are taking a toll on this team. And I want to return the favor to the Orioles. And I really, really hope this is the series that the Yankees' struggles turn around. The last time they were in Baltimore, they swept the four-game series, including a doubleheader. So I, I have confidence that this team – Still has a lot of talent in the lineup, a lot of talent in the rotation, and, of course, the bullpen. So we will see how the Yankees respond. But but I have confidence. Like you tweeted earlier today, not many teams can put out a lineup as talented as the Yankees can if they had all these injuries. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tanaka going tonight. Uh, Wednesday, they don't have a pitcher named for the Yankees. Um, that will be officially CC will come off the suspended list and will go on the injured list. So you could see uh, Jonathan Loisaga come up and make a start there. You could see a bullpen day there. Um, and then in Baltimore, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday with the off day on Friday, we'll have Paxton Happ and Herman going out there. I, I want to see the Yankees put up double digits one of these games versus the Orioles. Um, they love hitting in Camden Yards. Aaron Judge loves hitting in Camden Yards. I expect a few home runs from him for down in Baltimore this week. Um, and, then, and then, you know, the, the Monday, they, they're, they're versus Houston. Houston struggled. They won their first game of the season um, on Monday. Um, so, but it's always going to be uh, – Houston's going to be a very good team. So, Yankees-Houston, that'll be their first real test of it, and we'll be recording midway through that series um, to see what's going on for – between those teams, and hopefully for both those teams, they, they bounce back to and kind of get their season underway as it started. So for the Yankees, two and two, the first week of the season, not what they wanted. They've got more injuries than wins, but there is a long season ahead, Sam. Plenty of time to figure this out, plenty of time to get it right, plenty of time to get healthy. So take us away here on the, the this first week one episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes. Tell us that not all hope is lost for Yankees baseball. Absolutely not all hope is lost. So if you flash back to last year, the Yankees started 9-9. Nine and nine. Everybody was like, the sky is falling. Then they went on to win a ridiculous, I don't know, 27 of 32 games. I forget the exact number, but they went on a run. So if, if they get out of April uh, around that 9-9 nine and nine mark, it's not going to be an, the end of the world. They won 100 games last year. You can't forget that. And like I said, not all hope is lost. The injuries can still are still something to worry about, but I have confidence that this team can right the ship, and so should you. Like, I'm going to say it again. Not, like you said, Steve, not many teams can put out a lineup as talented as the Yankees one with all the injuries, and they still have three good guys at the top of their rotation, assuming half figure stuff out. Herman stepped up big tonight, and then... You, you go to the bullpen and really only one guy is injured. Let's see if the, uh, Chapman's fastball is still down there. I want to see that velocity get up. But he's still getting out. He's still saving games. And 
there's a lot to look forward to with this team. Do not give up hope just because of the injuries. Guys are going to be back. Hicks should be starting baseball activity soon. We will see. Stanton, it sounds like just a minor thing. And obviously it sucks with Andahar. Probably going to be season ending. Fingers crossed not it's not. Hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed, but do not give up hope. This team started 9-9 nine and nine last year. And they're going to be winning – they're going to be winning some games. There we go. I like to hear it. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of podcasting in pinstripes. Be sure to check out GothamSN.com for all New York sports-related articles. And there's a podcast for everybody out there. If you happen to be a Met fan and you're stuck with us for 46 minutes, I appreciate it. But we got go check out uh, Next Stop Willits Points for uh, our Mets guys um, and their podcast. And we'll be back next week. Sam? Put some aloe vera on on, on the sunburn and uh, get healthy. I'll talk to you next week. I'm picking up a prescription tomorrow, actually. So uh, they got (laughs) aloe with it. I'm doing everything. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later.